Welcome to the third episode of the Western Traditions Podcast. This episode introduces the first unit of the series. It deals with the prehistory of the entire human race. This is a history podcast, but every student of history knows that all of our recorded history sits atop a foundation of prehistory. Draw a timeline of the human past. Let it read from left to right, the past to the left, and the present at your right. You can decide how long to make it. Some would start the timeline at the first known existence of Cro-Magnon man, some 200,000 years ago. Others might extend it backward in time to include the first Neanderthal. Perhaps others would extend the timeline much further back to include Australopithecus, a diminutive ape-man whose existence became confirmed with the discovery of the remains of Lucy, a female of that species, who lived over three million years ago in East Africa. Wherever you begin, whichever date you pin to the left-hand side of the timeline, you will find that the vast majority of human history has been unrecorded. This is to use the term history somewhat usefully. Technically, you can divide the human past into history and prehistory. History begins in any region of the world when you can discover written records of the events that occurred then. All that comes before is considered prehistory. So then, most of our species' existence is really prehistory, a period of time shrouded in darkness because we cannot see very clearly just what happened or why things happened. As will be learned in this unit, we are not completely ignorant about the events of prehistory, thanks to anthropology, archaeology, and advances in genetic science. But once written records are developed in ancient Sumer and other regions, our knowledge becomes significantly more substantial. Everything written, recorded, filmed, or digitized since the very first cuneiform tablets sits atop that foundation of prehistory a mountain of past time in which the deeds and words of our ancestors were almost entirely forgotten. Yet, as anyone knows when they study history, the events and actions of the past are the causes of the events and actions of the future. There is no Boston Tea Party without the Stamp Act and other British tax acts of the 1760s. And these acts do not occur if the Seven Years' War does not precede them. And that war does not happen if the British do not colonize North America which they could not have done if Columbus had not discovered the New World hundreds of years before, and so on. This frustrates the study of history, especially at that frontier between history and prehistory. We know now much about the Sumerians, about their beliefs, their government, their customs, and their agriculture. Yet, instead of being satisfied with the discovery of this great civilization in Mesopotamia, which appears to have preceded the majesty of ancient Egypt, and which greatly increases our knowledge about human history, we hunger for more knowledge. Where did these Sumerians come from? Did they invent civilization? That is to say, the building of great cities, the organization of social classes, the development of religious hierarchies, and so on? Or are there predecessors to the Sumerians, other cultures which transmitted their knowledge to the Sumerians? As you will learn, we have some answers to these questions. Archaeologists have uncovered proto-cities in the Near East and in India, large settlements of ancient humans that predate even the great cities of Sumer, However, the picture of this portion of human history is far from clear. So historians are always eager for someone to dig up even the merest fragment from our prehistory, 
which might tell us more about that vast period of time out of which all of our present cultures and nations originate. With every scrap or relic from the past, we can expand the frontiers of actual history, extend our knowledge of human conduct, motives, beliefs, customs, and more. There is precedent for this expansion of known history. 150 years ago, any class in ancient history would have begun with Egypt, with the dynasties of the pharaohs and the buildings of the pyramids. Today, when someone wishes to speak of recorded history, they begin with Sumer, a previously lost civilization. Sumer, of course, was not completely unknown. It was obvious to anyone that studied ancient Babylonia, whose numerous cities sat along the banks of the Euphrates and Tigris rivers, that this once great civilization could not have appeared out of nowhere. It must have had ancient forebears in the same region. But there was no proof that these forebears were as old as those of Egypt, from where it was generally assumed that all wisdom and knowledge of civilization had flowed outward to the rest of the world. There were references to this region of the world, Mesopotamia, that possibly predated the Babylonia of Hammurabi, a famous king and lawmaker who lived around 1800 BC. The book of Genesis in the Bible speaks of the land of Shinar in the east, of the Tower of Babel and a mysterious king named Nimrod. Thanks to renewed interest in the origins of biblical texts that began over a century ago, it is generally understood that these passages in the Hebrew scriptures are quite old, possibly transmitting oral tales that date back to the third millennium BC. So these biblical hints at cities and cultures, which may have predated the Babylonians, have always teased researchers of various disciplines with the possibility of new archaeological findings. Thanks to the discoveries of the 19th century and continued archaeological digging since then, our contemporary historians know now that the great cities grew and flourished in Mesopotamia long before anything nearly as magnificent had appeared in Egypt. Modern dating techniques applied to these ruins and relics of ancient cities like Uruk and Lagash show that they were built before 3000 BC. So it begins to appear that it may have been from this time and place that the rest of the world learned the lessons of civilization. The matter is in no way decided. There is now more or less a consensus that civilization, the organization of people in large settlements that have some sort of social order and planning, may have occurred independently in several regions of the ancient world without necessarily being transmitted from one specific location to all others over time. City building appears to have occurred independently in India, along the banks of the Indus River, and in China near the Yellow River, and in the Americas as well, without any sign of having received knowledge from Egypt or Sumer. The discovery of Sumer, when all is said and done, therefore demonstrates that the boundary between history and prehistory can be pushed back, that more definite knowledge of our ancient past can be acquired. Perhaps another discovery of a lost civilization awaits us in the future, one that predates Sumer, whose knowledge and learning flowed into Sumer, or into Egypt, or India, or China, or all of them. I said earlier that the deeds and words of our prehistoric ancestors are almost entirely forgotten. Archaeological remains do give us meager amounts of information about where humans lived and hunted, and what numbers they congregated, what they ate, and so on. The episodes of this unit will cover then that vast time period before history was written down, when any intentional records of previous times were passed down from mouth to mouth and preserved in the minds of men and women.
As mentioned previously, some of this prehistory may become history someday. New discoveries may reveal writings from a civilization in Central Asia or the mountains of East Africa, some lost society which preceded those ancient kingdoms which we presently consider original. However, there will always be prehistory. No one expects to find written records of civilizations 100,000 years old, and, as you will hear, the existence of our ancestors can be traced much further back than that. So there will always be a need to glean what we can from prehistory, from that immense period of time in which so many fundamental aspects of human behavior were worked out. Our tribal inclinations, our social cooperation, our development of agriculture and animal domestication, the first distinctions between classes of people, between specialists and trades that did not involve farm labor, the first uses of money, and so on. Prehistory is unrecorded, you may ask. What are we to study in order to learn more about it? If there are no texts, no clay tablets scratched with the earliest symbols of syllables, no hieroglyphs to tell stories, how shall we learn anything of such a time? Unrecorded may be an inaccurate description of prehistory. Too strong a term, perhaps. The real distinction between, his between history and prehistory may be that there is no purposeful communication with the future, no intent to leave a tangible record, though even this definition may be contested. Truthfully, there is no fine line between the two periods, as prehistory blurs into history many thousands of years ago. Still, there are records of the past, even the deep primordial past, which researchers can study and use to speculate fruitfully about the events and people of prehistory. These records are, more often than not, the remains of the people who lived in that deep past, though, as will be revealed, even our hunter-gatherer ancestors in Europe tens of thousands of years ago did leave tangible records of a sort, communications both with their contemporaries and with the unknown future. The first, most substantial example of such records are the bones of our ancestors. Over the last century and more, anthropologists have discovered remains that enable them to trace a fascinating family tree over a timeline that begins millions of years ago and proceeds to the present. They have done this by studying the fossilized remains discovered in Africa, Asia, and Europe of ancient humans and other hominids. The term hominids refers to a diverse family of ape-like creatures that includes gorillas, chimpanzees, orangutans, and humans. The term also refers to all such creatures that have existed in the past and are now extinct. As it turns out, the distant past was a place full of many varied creatures that resembled modern humans in one way or another. Some of them were our direct ancestors. Alongside the physical remains of many of these creatures, and not just those hominids from which we are descended, there lie the remnants of their tools and other items that could form elements of culture, including jewelry and even clothing. Such items contribute greatly to our understanding of prehistoric times, as they can tell us much about technological knowledge, religious beliefs, and daily practices. The latest and perhaps most fascinating development in the study of ancient man is the revolution in genetic science. Not only have anthropologists been able to extract DNA from the bones of many ancient humans, but they've also been able to compare modern and past DNA samples to determine much about the migration and conquests of prehistoric people who left no other record of their doings besides their remains.
up until now, episodes in this podcast have been preparatory. That is to say, they were used to prepare the way for the episodes containing the real content about history and prehistory. In the next episode, I will finally begin to tell the story, to tell the tale that leads out of the unknown darkness of the past to the present day. That episode will be about the beginning of the universe and the formation of the Earth. Until then, thank you for listening to the Western Traditions Podcast.